now, The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Hi there. You're joining us on The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. Our show is brought to you in part by Denise Webster, mortgage broker with Dominion Lending Services Modern Mortgage Group, and Lori Zorn, insurance manager for Island Savings. If you're looking for an opinion from experts in insurance and mortgages, Denise and Lori are waiting for your call. Uh, to reach them, just visit the website, which is cfax1070.com. Look under Shows to find us, The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe, and there you'll find their contact information or you could always reach me, and I'd be happy to connect you. Uh, also, you might want to reach me if you're looking for a realtor, because that is, after all, what I do for a living. If you're thinking of buying or selling a home, give me a call. I'd be happy to chat with you. The whole home show is all about real estate. We've had guests talking about developments, household improvements, landscaping, legal aspects, and even retirement communities. Aside from selling real estate in the capital region, as I have for the past 26 years, I've also had the privilege to serve in the community in the area of homelessness and poverty prevention. I served as the co-chair of the Greater Victoria Coalition and Homelessness back in 2009. I was also the vice chair of Anuam Companion Society, and I was a member of the Kool-Aid Society's capital campaign, which raised $5 million to house the homeless. So it is a topic that is very near and dear to my heart, uh, and actually on one hand, very different from my day-to-day role of helping people buy and sell real estate. Yet on the other hand, it has given me very much a perspective on the areas of homelessness and poverty here in Victoria, because it is something that does need a lot of attention. On today's show, you'll be hearing about Anawim House, which houses seven men on their last stop before moving to market housing. And we have here with us guest Terry Edison-Brown, who is the house director. And also, you'll learn about Habitat for Humanity, which helps families own their first home. Uh, In our studio today, we have CEO Yolanda Meyer. Let's start our show with our usual weekly listener question. And as a reminder to all of you listening, if you have a question or curiosity about real estate, you can call us on our hotline, which is 250-414-6540. Or you can find us online, like I said, at www.cfax1070.com. And we'll discuss it on air. So this week, I received an email from Jennifer, and I have to tell you all, this is a question I've been waiting for, and it finally, I'm surprised it didn't come sooner. Uh, and the question is, what's the standard commission rate? It's, it's a big question, and it's something that we bump in on a regular basis. Um, this might be kind of long, because I need to explain a number of things. Uh, the first thing, um, Jennifer, there is no standard commission rate. We're talking about real estate commissions, by the way. There is no such thing as a standard rate. The Competitions Bureau, which is a federal agency uh, here in Canada, prohibits us from having any sort of set standard commission rate. It prevents price fixing. It prevents organizations like real estate organizations, like other organizations too, the law profession, accountants, whatever, from fixing prices uh, because, of course, their role is to protect consumers. Uh, Consequently, commission rates are really up to the individual 
agent. Agents can have, they can create their own policies based on what they have to offer. And you will find there's a whole range. Uh, there are agents that do it at a reduced fee or discounted rate, maybe some discounted services. There are agents that add a lot of services uh, that do charge more. It is really all across the board. It's generally based on a percentage of the sale price. Uh, and again, oh, actually one thing that I should mention is how it generally works is the commission that a seller pays to sell their home uh, gets paid to the brokerage, the, the listing brokerage, but the listing brokerage ends up sharing it with all the agents to come uh, as an incentive for them to introduce their buyers. So it's generally split in half. Uh, that's how the, the commission rate works. Um, commissions are also sort of regional, so it depends on where, where you are. Actually, I don't know where you're in. I'm, I'm assuming you're Victoria. Uh, generally, quite commonly, we see a larger percentage on the first $100,000 of the sale and then a smaller amount on the balance. Uh, a lot of people ask us why that exists, especially right now considering the average home in Victoria is $830,000. Why is it relevant that it's a higher percentage on the first $100,000? Uh, and the answer for that is they created this system way back when houses were $100,000. Uh, you know, naturally, you're not going to sell your $800,000 house for $100,000. So um, uh, that is that remains a little bit strange. But thinking of other areas. So that is common in British Columbia. It's common in Alberta as well, too, where you have that tiered uh, percentage rate. But pretty well, the rest of Canada and the entire United States it's usually a um, uh, it's usually just a percentage, so none of the stepped amount on the first hundred thousand or, or whatever it is. Uh, and the other thing too, uh, I can say to everyone because you know there's there's no question uh, commissions are a big part of the sale proceeds that come out of a sale when somebody sells. Uh, it is not inexpensive to sell a home. I, I get that. I also understand where the money goes. Uh, I like to say that the agents, that we agents keep every single dollar. We don't. Uh, there is a cost to technology, a cost to education. There's a cost to marketing. Uh, there's a cost to running a business because we are all individual business owners. It's no different, really, than having a retail store where we have to be open for business, we have to find customers, and we have to provide service. Uh, so the costs are uh, expensive. But I have to say, though, it is a market-driven economy as well, too. And although people, I, I hear it all the time, people often say, well, hey, the prices are so much higher now, and if you're being paid on a percentage basis, doesn't that mean that you realtors are earning a lot more money? Um, and the answer there is yes and no. So on an individual sale basis, based on what you just talked about, the answer is yes. Uh, however, you know, when we talk about 2016, for instance, which was a banner year in real estate, it was a busy time. First time Victoria ever exceeded 10,000 sales, which is a huge number. You might think, oh my goodness, all you real estate guys are loving this because you're raking in the dough. Uh, it was a very difficult and trying year. You all know about the fact that there was multiple offers, there were bidding wars, what that means is there were agents out there who would be unsuccessful 5, 10, 17, 20 times with the same buyer making bid after bid on properties. In a normal marketplace, it would be 
you know, one for one. They'd make one offer, they'd get the sale. But in a busy market, it was 20 offers for one sale. And it is literally 20 times the amount of work uh, to get that done. So it was trying time for the real estate community. I mean, obviously, I, I, I'm, def- I'm defending it now. You guys all know I'm a, a re- practicing real estate agent. I do understand this. Um, the other part of it, too, is I mentioned education. There is a lot of responsibility and liability in, in our jobs. This is the reason why you need to go through a uh, education process, not only to get your license, but also to maintain your license as well, too. For anyone who's thinking about getting into real estate, uh, every two years we need to go through a, a barrage of courses just to make sure that we're updated in uh, current affairs and important things. Uh, so... Jennifer, uh, getting back to your original question, which was, what is the standard commission rate? Uh, The answer is, there is no standard. But I would suggest to you, if you're looking at talking with agents, just be sure to ask them exactly what it is they're offering you. It's just the same as when you're looking for a car. If you're looking for a a Honda or an Audi, there is a cost differential, but oftentimes uh, it's justifiable for whatever reason. You know, is it warranty? Is it quality? Is it resale? Uh, The same is true of services in real estate. Thanks for your question, Jennifer. If any of you have a question that you'd like to pose on our show, please do visit our website at cfax1070.com. You'll find us under Shows. It's the Whole Home Show with Tony Joe. Uh, Or you can call us. Our direct hotline here is 250-414-6540. That's 250-414-6540. And we'd be happy to discuss it on air. Uh, And finally, too, if you are a podcast listener, you can download our podcast, The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe, either on iTunes or Google Play, and there you'll find all of our past episodes. There's lots of great content. Uh, as the host of the show here, I have to say I learn new things every day uh, that I never thought that uh, uh, that I would, and that's after 26 years in the real estate business too, so lots of great content. Uh, anyways, when we get back, we'll be talking with Terry Edison-Brown, and learning all about Anawim House. We'll be back in just a moment. You're listening to The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Either you're listening to The Whole Home Show and I'm Tony Joe. Right now we have in our studio Terry Edison-Brown. Terry is the house director at Anawim House. It's a place that I'm sure many of the listeners are familiar with, but for those of you who aren't, there's this lovely little blue house that's on the corner of Caledonia and uh, Vancouver Street. Uh, and it has been there since 1991. And the works that Anawim House and the Anawim Companion Society has done within the community of Victoria is, is hugely impressive. And, and I'm saying that not only as a donor and a supporter, but also someone who served on their board as well, too. Uh, so I'd like the listeners to learn all about Anawim House. Terry, thanks for coming uh, to the studio with us today. Thanks, Tony. Tell, uh, tell us about Anawim House, Terry. Sure. So um, I find it's best to give a little bit of a, of a history lesson to, uh, about Anawim House to um, explain what we do. Um, what had happened is uh, our founding uh, members used to volunteer their time at the 910 Club, mm-hmm. which is the soup kitchen uh, downtown. At St. Andrew's Cathedral. Exactly. Yep. So what had happened is uh, these, they got to know the street people, got to know who they were. And through time, they, they talked with them and talked with them. And sometimes they would stop seeing people coming to the soup kitchen. And the only reason for that was mainly due to death. And this broke their hearts. It broke their hearts that these 
great, great people, for whatever reason, were living on the streets um, and, and dying from, uh, from the cold, dying from uh, things that they should not be dying for here in Canada. Mm-hmm. So what they did is they sat down with the street people and said, what can we do to help you? What can we do to actually um, help you get off the street? And one of the biggest things that people said is stop doing everything for us. Mm-hmm. Give us a place that we can call our own. Give us a place that we can call home. So from the, from that came the, the basic concept of what Anawim is all about. Um, we're, we're an organization that we actually don't work for people. We work with people. Oh. Uh, when people come to our house, um, we find out who are they and why are, why are they living in poverty. And so we, we, have, we, we have two programs. We have one where we have drop-ins that can come use our facilities. Uh, we have laundry facilities, shower facilities. We have breakfast every morning. We have lunches and dinners two times a week. Yeah, and so that's, that's weekly, right, the drop-in? That's weekly, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and actually this is an important point is uh, showers and laundry because this is an area that people often forget about is when you don't have access to laundry facilities, it's, it, it, it's difficult to function. Absolutely. Like, especially when you're living on the street. So let's just say you're, you're dirty, as an example. Yeah. Um, you need to wash the clothing you have. Um, you need to shower and you need to, to, to go on your way. So we, what we do is we have a clothing room for people to grab clothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we give them a shower, do laundry, and uh, send them on their way. With that being said, we are the only organization in town that gives all three of those services in one place. Mm-hmm. Um, we get people that come and they'll, you know, do what they need to do. So the big key with us, though, is that we want to know who they are. You know, why are they on the street? Um, I myself, I've been there since 1995, so I've, I've been there for almost the, the history of Anawim. Um, back then, a lot of people were, it, it was addiction issues, it was mental health issues, it was family issues, it was whatever those things were, things that were healable, things mm-hmm. that people could actually overcome. Mm-hmm. And what we would do is we would send them in the direction that they need. You know, if it's a mental health issue, go to a doctor. Mm-hmm. Talk to that doctor. Find out what it is that, that, that is making your head do whatever it's doing um, and support them in that process. You know, that's very daunting to go to a doctor and say, I need help. You know, so one of the things we do is we'll go with, with the person and say, this is what's going on. Can you help them? And that's not something that we always know. We don't always know that our path is the right path. So we talk to them. Did that work for you? And give them other suggestions if that first one didn't work. Yeah. You know, it's important to mention here that Anawim is not a government agency. Oh. And, um, and in fact, you do not receive a government funding. Correct. Right? It's all individuals and, and donors. And one of the reasons for that is... Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but if Anawim did have uh, funding from um, Island Health, for instance, or whatever, there's a number of criteria that would be set in place, right? Absolutely. So what uh, our slogan is, is we help those that want to be helped. Mm-hmm. Um, and with that being said is people need to be clean and sober, as an example. They need to be clean and sober. To, it's just, to, so it's a, it's a dry It's a dry house. home. Yes. We, we ask not, not only our drop-ins, but our residential as well. Mm-hmm. They must be clean because, you know, if, if, if you're in your addiction, you're not going to be able to change your life. You're going to be staying in that same, same lifestyle. It's not going to change. So we ask them to be clean. And right now with the harm reduction models that are going out there is that harm reduction is saying... Uh, let them be who they are. And I'm, I'm perfectly okay with that. But there also has to be the other side of the spectrum of that, 
you know, here's the environment of those that want to change can be in a healthy, clean environment mm-hmm. instead of fighting with government government right. and fighting with the addiction yeah. that's around you. If you have an active addict that's sitting next to you and you're an addict yourself in recovery, yeah. in a matter of time, you're going to be that active addict again. Yeah. You, we, we, we can't do that. So we provide that, that loving, caring home for people to come to to find out what they can do to change. And we support them in whatever that, that feels may be. Like I said, addiction, mental health, family issues, so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Um, luckily, we've now been able to get some funding for counseling. Yes. Um, for some reason, why our, our medical system doesn't believe counseling works, I'm <laughs> not too sure. Yes. <laughs> but it's one of the biggest things is to talk about that stuff in people's past or talk about where they're, how they're feeling to actually to move and grow and, and define that place that they are. Um, we as staff do that, it's mainly what we do, is we, we, we counsel people on a one-to-one basis, yeah. but there's that professional need that is uh, very apparent in, in, in our business. And, you know, once again, that's one of those things that makes us different than other organizations because we do provide that, that side. Yeah. Well, you know, there's no question. There are, there are many worthy organizations uh, in the community that, des- that, uh, um, uh, that desire attention. Yeah. Um, uh, Anna done such great stuff. We're here with Terry Edison-Brown, who's the house director at Anawim House. Um, you did mention the very beginning meals. So um, the house is open and it feeds lunch. Uh, for yeah. how many usually every day? It depends on the time of the month. depends on the time of the year. Um, we can have anywhere from around 15 to 50 people can yes. come to us each day. Yeah. Uh, we can actually feed up to 30 per day. Uh, so when people walk in, uh, and we generally have all 30 coming in all at once, uh, for breakfast in the morning, and lunch is generally around 25 to 30 on a regular basis. You and know, because I've been there many times, it, it is a safe environment um, it feels very different from other institutional um, places that feel a little more institutional, you know, possibly maybe a little more 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 dangerous, uh, if it were. This is very much a house. I mean, um, its its name is is appropriate. Uh, Animal House also collects donations, like clothing, that and hands it out to people who need them. Right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the uh, with the home, it's. It, if it wasn't for exit signs that I have throughout the house due to to, to laws, yes. you would never know that this was a house for street people. Yes. Um, it's just a really nice big house with mm. couches and chairs and dining room tables. And, um, and it, it, it's that whole holistic side of making people feel at home and being a part of. So the making of our meals is done by the people that come. Yes. It's, though, it's them that do it. Um, our clothing room. So when people go downstairs, I don't have a limit saying, you know, just take one shirt, one, one pants. It's a matter of grab what you need, yeah. you know, and it's something we're always, always in need of. It, it, you'd be surprised how many socks and underwear I go through um, on a regular basis um, from just not having, no. you know. So we are constantly asking for donations of, of good used clothing. Yeah. Um, jeans and shirts and jackets and gloves and toques. Well, and socks are a big one because uh, we just did that for Animal House, the sock toss. So you, what was it, a thousand socks? We got a thousand socks. Yes. So um, uh, your organization um, uh, purchased, allowed us to purchase 1,000 pairs of socks. Yes. Um, and so we got that thousand, plus we got about another 300 pairs of socks yeah. uh, that were thrown through the crowd um, at the Harbor Cats game, um, which is amazing. So I've gotten close to 1,300 pairs of socks, which I will be through 
by the end of September. Wow. So I've got about a two to three month <laughs> supply supply of so, socks. So Terry, listen, if people need to reach you, how can they do that? The website? Yep, um, www.nomhealth.com. And the phone uh, number? And on Facebook. Yep. And our phone number is 250-382-0283. And you welcome visitors too, right? Absolutely. That's one of our biggest things is it's welcoming. Yep. Come on in and we have a... Um, come on in and let's show you the house because Open that's who we policy. are as an organization. Yeah. Very good. Well, listen, we have to take a quick break here. That was Terry Edison Brown from Anawam House. When we return, we'll be speaking about Habitat for Humanity. Now, The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Hi there, you're listening to The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. Our show is brought to you in part by Denise Webster, mortgage broker with Dominion Lending Services Modern Mortgage Group, and Lori Zorn, insurance manager for Island Savings. Before the break, we were having a conversation with Terry Edison Brown, who is the house director at Anawim House, talking about all the good works that Anawim House has done for the street population here in downtown Victoria since 1987, and the house has been there since 1991. Uh, with me now is our guest, Yolanda Meyer. Yolanda is the CEO of Victoria's Habitat for Humanity. Yolanda, thanks for coming. Thanks for having me. Yeah, th- so, I mean, today's show, I wanted to talk about um, about poverty, homelessness, affordability, uh, Habitat for, for Humanity inspires me because it helps families get into an ownership situation. And for those who are listening right now that, I mean, let's face it, everyone has heard of Habitat for Humanity. And in fact, I wanted to tell you, I was watching just the other night uh, an old Frasier episode. Have you ever seen the one about Habitat for Humanity? Probably, but I don't remember after all this time. Yeah, so so Frazier and the station built uh, a Habitat home, and anyways, all this mayhem ensues. In, in, in I'll send it over to you later, but it was uh, it was fun. Habitat's been around for some time. Uh, tell the listeners about Habitat for Humanity. Well, you're right. Habitat for Humanity is a very well-recognized brand, but what's, what I found is that people have a really strong understanding of the brand and feel really good about it, but they don't actually really understand what it is that we do. So one common misconception, which you even mentioned there, is regarding homelessness. Habitat for Humanity actually is not a solution for people who are facing or at risk of homelessness. We're a little bit farther on the housing continuum because Mm -hmm. our expectation is that the families are in a position to be able to manage a mortgage. And with that, property taxes, strata fees, et cetera. So we are dealing with people who have probably are in subsidized housing or in some sort of market situation where... They're ready now to undertake that next step, but they're never going to get there on their own because, let's face it, in this market, in this even not in this market across the country, you know, getting together a down payment is a huge obstacle, and then being able to afford the ongoing payments. So, what's interesting about Habitat is that we, with the community, build homes and then we sell them at their full fair market value to families. But what makes it affordable is that Habitat is the lender in the situation. Mm -hmm. So Habitat replaces the bank. We replace the bank, and our lending terms are, I mean, everyone wishes they could have these lending terms. No money down, zero interest on the loan, and we calculate the payments annually based on household income. So they fluctuate. Mm -hmm. So in our model, amortization isn't really on the table. So they do buy the home at the full fair market value, which is assessed independently by realtors or appraisers. But when they take that on and they buy the home, there's no initial payment. So it may take them multiple years, decades even, to pay it off. But they're building equity, which is the big game changer we find. The locus of control is with the families. They own this home, 
And as long as they're meeting their financial obligations to the lender, Habitat, yeah. then they decide what's going to happen in their home. And that's a big difference for people. Yes. Well, and there's other things, too, because to be a Habitat family, they also need to contribute to the construction of the home. That's too, correct. Right? That's a really important part of our model is that, similar to what Terry said, we're working with people. We're not doing something for people. So each Habitat family has to contribute 500 hours of sweat equity to the charity. In some instances, that's on the build site, literally helping to build their home alongside of other people. Or it might be in one of our restores. Uh, or it might be at our special event, the Gingerbread Showcase. There's a lot of ways, but together as an entire family, we provide each member of the family, even the kids in some ways, the opportunity to be a participant in helping to create what is going to be their future home. So important. Now, you mentioned the Restore. I, I don't want to uh, get past it because this is important to mention as well, too. Tell listeners about the Restore. There's two. There are two restores. There's one located in Saanich uh, on Oak Street, right by um, Blanchard and Cloverdale, and the other one is in Langford on Arono, and they are an amazing part of our success. For those of you who don't know what they do, the restore is a secondhand store that sells new and used building supplies and home goods. So yeah. you can get literally everything, including the kitchen sink there. Mm. You can get cupboards, you can get doorknobs, and you can also get furniture and appliances. And the beauty of it is that all the product is 100% donated, and the proceeds fully fund the operational overhead of the organization. Yeah. So that is why we actually, other than probably getting a property tax exemption for the property taxes we own, we don't receive any funding for our operations from any level of government either. We self-generate it. Mm -hmm. So when someone makes a donation to Habitat, all of it can go into our build fund to help us buy land and to build the homes. We're here with Yolanda Meyer, who's the CEO of Habitat for Humanity, Victoria. Uh, yes, because as you know, Sue and I are doing this renovation, and uh, Habitat, the Restore is getting all of our windows. And um, I mean, uh, for, for me, it, it makes sense. First of all, it's not going to landfill. And secondly, it's going to a place that will make a difference uh, in the lives of people uh, as well. Well, on multiple levels too, Tony, what's interesting is that many people themselves who might have a suite or landlords and so forth come and use Habitat. Well, that means they're going to keep their costs down too. Yes. So it's not just the fact that you know we sell homes to Habitat partner families. It's also that everyone can experience a pretty good low-cost item because we sell things at 40 to 60 percent of what it might cost. And we actually have a lot of new product as well, not just, it's all donated, mm -hmm. but it might be even new. Uh, one of the things I really like about the model as well is that it contributes to that pay it forward. So you donate your windows and other people are having a renovation, they donate it to Habitat, we liquidate that, cover all of our costs, buy land, help to build homes, and then the families who buy those homes pay a mortgage. And that mortgage not only builds equity for their family, it provides the seed funding for us to build another home for a new family. So it's a wonderful pay it forward model. Well, now on that topic, uh, building more homes, because really uh, this is needed, especially here in the community. So it's been, it's 22 homes now since 2000 or something, right? That's right. We've built 22 homes and we've built them in uh, four different municipalities. Yeah. Uh, and our single greatest challenge right now, not surprisingly, is acquiring land. Yeah. Because you have the help, you have volunteers, um, it's finding the land. And it's something that, um, of course, Victoria in a strong marketplace and a strong um, uh, time of, of real estate busyness, sellers or owners typically are just going to market, right? And maybe they should consider if they have a property that could suit a habitat, or maybe if they have a, a tax situation that would that would benefit from um, uh, working with habitat to, to, with their land. This is something they should consider, right? They really should because actually Habitat is a registered charity. 
So if you're looking at a huge capital gain on a rental property, Habitat may be able to help. Mm -hmm. And uh, the beauty of that, of course, is that it's then may or may not be suitable itself for uh, multifamily, but Habitat would be able to benefit from that hugely. We, we used to get donated properties from different levels of government, but that is no longer the case. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, really what's happening is I'm working with developers at the time of rezoning and partnering with them to meet that affordable housing need that a lot of municipal councils are We're wanting to for. see. Yeah. And because we're a home ownership model, not a rental model, uh, it's a nice fit for developers who are, are building homes and not rentals. So we can actually, like any other owner, there will be people in their complex that are Habitat partner families. Yeah. Uh, before we get to break, I, I just want to um, let people know the website that they can visit. It's HabitatVictoria.com. Yeah. And I noticed on the website there, there's an area to donate. So people are welcome to donate money. They can volunteer. They can bring their household items to restore, right? Yeah. There's many ways to get involved with Habitat in, through our special events. And like you say, uh, all the information is on the website about how to volunteer and also information on how to become a Habitat family. Yeah. You know, I'd like to talk more about that because there, there is a list of qualifications and everything, and, and uh, maybe we'll get to that uh, after the break. Uh, it, mu- it must be for you very fulfilling to see these people when they get the keys to their home and uh, after having put 500 hours of sweat equity in, into the project, uh, and they're homeowners now all of a sudden. Yeah, I think it's a, a transition that even takes them as a, a while after they've attained the home for it to re- be real. I felt that way myself when I got my first home. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a process, and we partner with them over the entire period of time that they own that home. Yes. Yeah, and so they're, they're, they really take on ownership not only of the home itself, but of the process as well, too. That's right. They have to transition from thinking like a renter to thinking like a homeowner. Yeah, very good. Um, so uh, your phone number at Habitat? Uh, 250-480-7688. Or, of course, listeners can go to the ReStores, uh, both on Oak Street and also on Arano in, in Langford. They're great looking. And actually, the other thing, too, is your stock is always changing. Because people are dropping things off and they're picking things up. So um, you must get a lot. I mean, we pop in there every once in a while. You must get regular uh, looky-loos. Well, what I say to people is if you see something at the ReStore that you like, buy it because it will not be there the next day. There's no hesitating in the ReStore because, of course, it's all one-off items. But people should call in because not everything is accepted. That's correct. We do have a process. We do ask people to call, and we have free pickup for large items. But, again, you need to check with us first. Yeah, very good. Yolanda Meyer from uh, Habitat for Humanity Victoria. She is the CEO. Uh, We're going to take a quick break here, but when we get back, we're going to have a conversation both with Yolanda and with Terry Edison-Brown, who's the house director at Anawim House. We'll be back in just a moment. This is The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Hi there, you're listening to The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. Just a reminder for any of you who have caught the tail end so far of our show today, if you'd like to hear it, you'll find it on the cfax1070.com website. Just look under shows. You'll find the whole home show with Tony Joe, along with many of our past shows that you can listen to uh, streaming online. Or if you are a podcast listener, you can download our podcasts on either iTunes or Google Play. Uh, Additionally, if you have any questions that you'd like asked about real estate here on our show, just give us a call. Our number is 250-414-6540, or again, visit us on the cfax1070.com website, uh, and we'd be happy to air that, uh, air your question and give you answers. We're here today speaking with Terry Edison-Brown, who is the house director at Anawim House, and also... 
Yolanda Meyer, CEO of Victoria's Habitat for, for Humanity. Uh, I want to move over to Terry again just for a moment here. Terry, what we didn't have a chance to talk about in our earlier segment is the uh, aspect of Animal House, which is uh, housing seven uh, men full-time uh, in the home. So tell us about that. So what that is is when people come into the house, we ask them who they are and, and um, help them change their lives. So when they come to us and they have a deeper commitment to change, really wanting to make significant changes, um, we have residents for them to move into. So what we do is it's a more in-depth process, obviously. Um, we get to know who they are more deeply. and More deeply than the drop-in uh, Exactly. Yeah. You know, so like... Drop-ins, we probably spend, you know, on an average, probably two to three hours per person, um, where a resident will get probably around seven to 20 hours <laughs> per person, you know, just to get to know who they are. Yes. And so what they do is they move in and we start to work on a plan. Yeah. What is that? What is the issue? Um, work, heal, the, heal whatever it is uh, that's going on, and then help them plan future. Yeah, so I mean there's an entire wing where there are rooms uh, for each resident uh, and there's um, sort of communal bathrooms and they use the kitchen and they contribute throughout the house, right? So one of the ba- one of the key things is part of their healing process is to get outside of themselves, to get outside of their heads and that is by contributing back. So they are major contributors to the drop-in program. Uh, they're the ones that are in charge of making the lunch, as an example. And they're the ones to engage the drop-in guests mm-hmm. and saying, hey, come help come help make sandwiches with me. Come help um, make soup with me. Um, and this helps them, one, work with others. Two, it helps them uh, learn how to communicate in, in a healthy way. Plus, it gets them outside of themselves. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. Now, how long do residents stay? Well, you know what? It fully depends on the individual. Okay. Um, and this is the other one of the other reasons why we are not um, government, with, uh, funded. government funded because you never know with the situation. Um, the years that I've been there myself, the younger the person, generally the smaller the amount of time that is needed. The mm-hmm. older the, the individual is, the longer amount of time. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's it, we're talking about people's souls and talking about what is what has happened in their lives, and to go through all that, it takes time. Yes. Um, and uh, the, the key point here is if if uh, government or health authority was providing funding, they'd probably uh, enact things like saying, okay, maximum six-month stay or something. Correct. Right, and uh, that I understand. I mean, maybe the change happens in the seventh month. Exactly. Right? And you never know. Like, I, I personally... <laughs> What I have found is that when somebody moves in, it usually takes from a month to six months to find out exactly who they really, really are. Yeah. And after that is when we can actually start to to work on their stuff. So uh, people have asked how long people stay. I say generally it's around two years. Yes. Uh, we've The longest we've had was five. Yep. Um, and we've also had an individual that has lasted one night. Yeah. So it, it fully depends on the person, depends on the situation, depends on the individual. Um, not what society thinks people need. Yes. It's what, what people the, really need. It's what that person needs, yeah. that individual. And so each person's individual program is developed personally. Yes. So one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on the show today, especially um, along with talking about Habitat for, for Humanity too, is that generally speaking for these residents at Anuam House, this is the last stop before getting into market housing. 
right? I I have seen a lot of guys go through the program, you know, starting uh, in a bad way, and then um, ending up where they're ready to go out there and and rent their own home. Absolutely. And, and this is, you know, we often talk about the housing continuum. Yeah. You know, when people think poverty, they think the, you know, uh, hardest to house, you know, living hard on the street. But there is an entire continuum, including people that are homeless, that are fully employed and, you know, they work. We don't know that they're homeless, right? I mean, there's there's a lot of this in the community. So I, I, I salute Anna Women, everything it does. and But that's that's really, like, um, that's really what it does. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, now, of course, donations are always welcome. Yeah, and the and the big fundraiser that Anum has is the Christmas tree sales, right? Yeah. So what? Um, uh, this goes way back to like 1987. Was our our first fundraiser was selling Christmas trees, and uh, we've been selling Christmas trees from since 1987. It's a mini fundraiser, but one of the main things with it is actually it's done by our residents. Yes. Our residents are the ones that, that work it. That work it. They commit a lot of time, and I'll tell you, it's you know we're talking 14 hours a day. Uh, between seven people for 30 days. It's a lot of work to do, and um, it's really good for them for two reasons. One, it gets them doing something, and it makes them feel a part of it. You know, it's a really good thing. And seeing families come in, and a lot of our people don't have good visions of Christmas. And doing this actually helps them see what Christmas can actually really mean. Um, Seeing that family come out of the van and the joy of the children looking at their Christmas tree can help one of our residents just feel a little bit better. You know what I mean? So it's amazing, and I see it every year. And people love the trees too. Oh, absolutely. So a reminder to listeners, uh, go down for your Christmas tree uh, and support Anawim House. Again, I know there's lots of great organizations, but consider Anawim House if if you have not seen it yet before. Uh, Moving over to Yolanda. The, we were going to talk about the process of application. So how, how can a family uh, become a Habitat owner? Well, probably one of the first things that any Habitat family should consider, of course, is going to our website and putting themselves through a little quiz that we have on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in broad strokes, all Habitats here in Canada and around the world are looking at, are you living in need of affordable housing? Meaning you don't currently have something that meets those needs. Do you have a willingness to partner with Habitat? And that's more, I think, than just the 500 hours. It's about being an ambassador. It's about being really transparent and excited about the process that's happening. So we often have those people at our special events, like a gingerbread showcase, talking about what this is going to mean for their family. And finally, you need to have the ability to pay the interest-free mortgage. So sometimes we find it interesting because there can be a tension between having the ability to pay and then also living in need. Mm -hmm. So generally speaking, we follow the same housing income limits that anybody who is in subsidized housing follows, BC Housing. They're called the housing HILs, the housing income limits. So the upper threshold here in Victoria would be an income of no more than $69,000. That's a gross household income. Okay. And, and their payments are a percentage of their income, right? That's right. So they're anywhere between 25 and 30%. Uh, because all of our homes now are part of a strata, uh, that includes 50% of the strata fee and the property taxes in, in 25%. And then the balance of that 5% is typically used towards the other portion of the strata and heating costs. Yeah. Actually, uh, there's a great FAQ, uh, Frequently Asked Questions, online. And it also talks about things like the fact that uh, they, they remain owners for 10 years, right? And that Habitat gets 
guess, first right of refusal if they choose to resell? Well, they're homeowners for as long as they want to be, Tony. But what happens is that Habitat will repurchase their home from them. That's a question I get asked a lot. Well, what happens if the Habitat family wants to move or sell? Mm -hmm. No problem. Depending on where they are in their partnership agreement with us, um, Habitat has a first right of refusal to buy back that home actually for 20 years. Mm -hmm. We will certainly do so in the first 10. And then we will turn around and sell it to a new Habitat family. And what the Habitat family that's selling the home receives is their equity payment. So they don't participate in any change in the market until after year 10. And then they share with Habitat market growth until year 20. And then after that, it's all theirs. Well, I mean, Habitat has done so much great work. Uh, I also know because my wife uh, is your uh, recent past president uh, on your board here in Victoria, and she just came back from Edmonton where she was doing a build with the one and only Jimmy Carter. I know, amazing. Yeah, the Carter Work Project, he and Rosalind, his wife, have been doing them for years. A lot of people think that Jimmy Carter actually started Habitat, Mm. but I think he's probably the person who put it on the map. It was actually Millard Fuller who started it in America's Georgia. Mm -hmm. Uh, But Jimmy Carter is deeply committed to it, and he travels all over the world. And recently, in celebration of of Canada's 150th, uh, we committed or dedicated 150 homes during uh, the week of July 9th to 14th. Wow. Yeah, and he was in Edmonton and Winnipeg too, right? That's correct, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it really puts it on a global scale. Um, but, but, you know, it's a reminder too that it's not only an issue here in Victoria. I mean, housing affordability is an issue everywhere across the country. There I mean, are, yeah, there are 56 affiliates. We're called affiliates. So it's a little bit like a franchise. Yeah. Every Habitat for Humanity entity is its own registered charity, but we're all affiliated with Habitat for Humanity Canada, which is affiliated with Habitat for Humanity International. And Habitat actually builds in more than 70 countries around the world. Yeah, And your mandate is to build homes. And of course, your biggest struggle, as we mentioned before, is finding land. So this is a call out to all of our listeners who might have some excess land sitting around. Maybe they need some sort of tax relief because... Habitat is a registered charity, uh, they should consider calling you. That would be wonderful. Uh, Or developers who have been maybe sitting on some parcels and maybe they're not going to move forward because it doesn't work with their plans. Uh, Habitat is very interested in talking to anybody and it doesn't need to necessarily be 100% donation. We have the capacity to purchase land as well. We just need to find something that's going to work for uh, multifamily housing and make sense for our our organization. Great. So again, a website for Habitat Victoria? HabitatVictoria.com. And phone number? 480-7688. Or pop down to the restores, right? That would be fantastic. And Terry, uh, Anawim House. Uh, Actually, we haven't told people where it is. What's the address? 973 Caledonia Avenue in the corner of Vancouver and Caledonia. This is a blue house with a white picket fence. You can't miss us. Yeah. Uh, Website and phone number? Uh, com, And our phone number is 250-382-0283. And you receive donations of money, uh, clothing, Food as well, too, right? Absolutely. Yeah, and um, of course, there's the Christmas trees every year. You bet. Yeah. Yolanda, I, I have to just wrap up our show here and just tell you a story about my day at the Kerr Build uh, back in 2012. Oh, yes, I remember. So, yes, that's right. And it was a rainy day. We were all mm-hmm. soaked to the bone. And uh, I was pushing a wheelbarrow full of concrete and cinder block. I, was, I, I honestly think it's the hardest day's work I've ever done. But it, it was very fulfilling. Uh, we have pictures of that, too. 
That was great. Good time. Uh, Anyways, both of you, thank you very much for coming on our show. Uh, The Whole Home Show is about homes, and there is the broad spectrum of what housing is. And I do think it's very important to talk about these things because the community at large needs to know more about the organizations like both of yours that are doing such great work here in Greater Victoria. So thanks for coming. Thank you very much, Tony. Yeah, and uh, all of you listeners, uh, thanks for joining us today. I'll be here for you this time next week.